When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Welcome to the program where we celebrated one of my favorite national commemoration days this past Saturday. If you missed it, I'm so sorry for not reminding you last week that it was coming up, but this past Saturday was National Cheeseburger Day. What did I have? I had two beef burger patties seasoned with some grilling salt and the regular salt and pepper and pickles and chopped onions and ketchup and mustard two slices of very melty American cheese, lightly toasted bun, all just 450 calories, which in all consideration wasn't too bad. Today on the program, I'm going to focus on our countdown of the 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make. Last week, we did the first 10, and this week, we'll do the next 10 on our big list. Today's Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Stand by. 25 Dumb Mistakes, number 11 through 15, is next on Better Than Before. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And a dog, a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and I've been counting down for you. 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make and this is my own list that I've compiled over the years and so I want to share it with you and we're going to get back into this countdown at number 11 which is thoughtless assignments 
thoughtless assignments. So the situation is this. Leader is giving out assignments and tasks with no thought at all to the role of the person involved. So they are wasting high-level performers' time and energy on things that are just silly and dumb. And you recognize this critical mistake when you look at a high performer and you look at what they're doing and you say to yourself, why are they doing that? Couldn't someone else on the team be doing that? Why are they doing that? I'm not sure actually whether this is intentional, frankly, or unintentional because it makes no sense. They either have not or they don't understand the role of the person involved. Now, this can happen a lot when a leader comes up and they become a divisional head or they become an enterprise leader, a CEO or whatever, and they came from one side of the organization or one function of the organization, and maybe they don't understand IT or maybe they don't understand operations or maybe they don't understand sales very well and they don't have a lot of knowledge or understanding of those functions. And so they start giving out things and assignments to people they perceive as can do people, but they're the absolute wrong people to be giving those things to. So that's number 11 thoughtless assignments. Number 12 is being too secretive, being too secretive. This behavior communicates to everybody a total lack of trust, just a total lack of openness about projects, ideas, direction, financials, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Managers who do not, now this is on the other end of things, if you're a manager and you don't have some sort of PL accountability, you're not moving up in the organization. I met with a leader of an organization a few years ago. I was brought in and suggested by some other members of this company to come and have an initial sit down with the leader and try to help things because they were saying that things weren't really that great there and they thought maybe I could help. So I said, well, I'll at least meet with them. So I'm sitting down with them like I usually do. And I'm asking questions I would normally ask. And I could tell this person was getting fidgety and more and more uncomfortable and their answers made no sense at all. Let me give you an example. So I asked about the profitability of the organization and they told me their profitability was 70%. That's impossible almost, right? That that could be the answer. But they said it just sort of like, uh, uh, well, 70%. Why are you asking that? Just real defensive or whatever. And when I, it's just part of me, maybe it's a character flaw or whatever. But when I sense that, I really pour it on. Because at this point, I've kind of decided I'm not going to work with this person. And I feel bad for the things they're inflicting on other people. So I kind of turn up the pressure and I almost got pitched out of the building because of it, but needless to say, we did not go forward. But my point is, not only do you need to know your company inside and out accurately, but you can't be afraid to share things with your key managers and key employees. The reason these other employees asked me to consider coming in was they were on their last desperate attempts to try to make the climate of this company better. But as one of my heroes, Warren Buffett, says, you have to figure out if a company can be good with an idiot running it because someday an idiot will. And me or any other coach or advisor in the world cannot fix that. So if you're being too secretive, there's nothing really in the company, unless it's a proprietary process or some kind of patent or trademark, there's just not a lot of, I mean, most really good analysts or advisors like myself can pretty much guess at the numbers just by walking through the building. 
just by counting the light bulbs in there or just by the number of people or just to buy the expenditures or whatever. We can get really close within a couple percent of all that stuff anyway. But part of asking the question is to see how open the person is or if they're too sensitive or too secretive, which can just sabotage your leadership from here to kingdom come. Number 13 is bad timing. And some leaders are just notorious for keeping things to themselves and then starting project assignments or having things done at the last minute, which always dejects people. It always brings the whole organizational climate down in a very toxic way. Your reputation becomes one of time wasting. It becomes one of poor planning. And you're telling people that that is perfectly acceptable as long as it's you. But it's not acceptable if it's anybody else. It's a classic do as I say, not as I do type of thing. Everyone in the company looks bad. And that makes the company brand take bad hits because customers can pick up on it and they can see it. I had a situation here just not long ago where a person was getting ready to do a very large deal and the lender on the deal told them about six days before they were supposed to close on this deal that their money was not coming through at the very last minute. It killed the whole thing. You think those customers are going to remember that? Sure they are. I don't know how many times in my coaching, I have asked my people that I'm working with, do you think the time is right for this? And all I'm trying to do, I'm not trying to get them to back off of it or go forward. I'm just trying to make sure they have considered the time frame and where the company is. Somebody asked me one time, what's the biggest thing you really need to know about working with financials in your company? And my answer was, you need to know what day of the month it is. And for people who understand financials, they get that because there are different times of the month when billing goes out. There's different times of the money when receivables come in. There's different times of the month when bills are due. There are times when you can stretch those. There are times when you have to pay them on demand. And you need to know what day it is. That's the most important thing. So when someone is worried about or they're afraid of coaching in this way, they will say, well, I'm just not sure the time is right. Now, that's a stall where in every other part of their leadership, they're just pushing last minute stuff and using bad timing. But all of a sudden, when they have to work on something, the time's not right. I got to slow this thing down, you know, quite a bit because it's just not the right time. Well, all you got to do to that is tell me more about that. Give me some more background or context around that answer to which there's not going to be much of an answer. So, you know, it's an excuse, right? Or as we say, stall, it's a stall. Number 14, disruptive distraction. Oh boy. Here's the scene. You have a direct report or an employee in your office for a scheduled meeting. And they are trying to talk to you about something could be anything. And they have sent you the material in advance or ahead of time. And you bury your face in reports or into your computer screen, or into your smartphone. You're being distracted. It's disruptive to the employee and the report, and it's communicating that they're just not that important. Whatever's on your screen, whatever's on your piece of paper, whatever's on your phone is way more important than them. And I have said it once, I say it a thousand times, and I will say it to my dying day. Multitasking is a big sin, does not work. You need to stop doing it immediately. The first person you have to lead as a leader is yourself. Self-management is a big skill 
that many of us need to work on so that we can devote our full attention and focus to the people that are helping us become successful. We cannot be distracted. On the other hand, if you walk in your leader's office and they are on their computer or they're answering an email or something like that, do not start talking. Allow them to finish what they're working on. They know you're there. Just take a seat. And then when they stop and they turn to you, be ready to begin. And leaders don't start doing something after they come in, say hello and are seated. And about halfway through, you start doing something else that just occurred to you, you were supposed to do before. So the first person you have to lead is yourself. Do not have disruptive distraction with your people. Number 15, visible carelessness. Same type of deal. You come to a meeting, maybe it's in the conference room with a team, or maybe again, it's one of your direct reports comes to you for a one-on-one. They sent you everything days in advance for you to review and to get up to speed on, and you ignored it. You didn't look at it. You put it off for other things you thought were more important, or you just didn't want to, or maybe you were just lazy. And now you are completely unprepared to have this meeting. So you try to cover for yourself and tell them, well, you go ahead and start and take me through it and I'll pick it up real fast. Well, you just communicated the important thing to them that they have worked on so diligently and they have sent to you in advance so responsibly and correctly. It's so dang simple that you're so superior and able to ascertain this important and possibly very difficult thing in just a matter of minutes by hearing it the first time. Unbelievable. This communicates directly to them that they do not matter. They do not matter. In the bigger scheme of things, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to know, whatever you need to learn, you can pick it up so fast that all of this work they have done is just inconsequential and was needless. And you wonder why people leave. People leave people. They leave managers. They do not leave companies. They leave people. So those are number 11 through 15 of the 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make. We've got 16 through 20 coming up right here next on Better Than Before. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards, Master Coach and Business Advisor, and I'm taking you through the 25 dumb mistakes smart leaders make. We're up to number 16 now, and number 16 is clinging to dead wood. One of the most downloaded articles I have ever written, I've written over 600 articles on leadership and business now, and one of the most downloaded ones of all time 
was a piece I called, Why Do We Hang On to Underperformers Too Long? And you should go to clearvisiondevelopment.com and you should read that one as a supplement to this particular dumb mistake that I'm only going to spend a little bit of time on here. But that article really fleshes it out. So essentially, this is when otherwise smart leaders will do a dumb thing like continually allow low performers to do poor results, to violate core values, to be disruptive, to be late, all these other things that no one else can get away with. And it just seems that the results that they produce just don't matter. Nothing's ever going to happen to that person. And everybody in the company knows it. And they know that what kind of attitude this person has doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're in the safe zone. They're protected. And what kind of attitude do you think this is going to produce in these other people on the team? What if you do try to hold others accountable? And while you're doing that, with the deadwood, you're letting them get away with whatever. You're going to be perceived uneven and unfair. Bad people do not leave on their own, but good performers do. Good performers won't tolerate it. They won't put up with it. They will go on to something else. I was talking to some parents not long ago who knew that I played some baseball before, and we were talking about their baseball team this summer, and they were talking about how their kid, and I'm assuming they are absolutely accurate on this. Every parent thinks their kid ought to be playing, right? But, but they were talking about how their kid was a really good player, but most of the team was not very good. And a lot of the other kids, and these are smaller kids, say 11 years old, they're like nine and 10 years old. The other kids aren't really that good, but their kid is pretty good. And the kid after every game is just so mad and frustrated that say they threw a ball like from third base to first base and the first baseman couldn't catch it you know, something like that. That was a good throw. They dropped it or they let it go by or it went past them somehow or this, that, and the other. I was talking about how their kid was so frustrated. I'm like, well, listen, good players don't like playing with bad players. And that's the same way in business. That's why the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball, it's why after July and Major League Baseball, you have these teams that make trades and the teams that get to the World Series, most of the time are the ones that have the most best players. And the NBA now has super teams where four and five and up to like seven and eight could be starting on other teams, but they're all starting together on these super teams. It's because good players want to play with good players and good players do not want to play with bad players. And it's the same way in business. Great performers don't want to play with bad performers. They want to play with other great performers because that makes them better. When you're with great peers, it makes you take your game to another level. When you are with bad peers, or maybe aren't the best performers, you regress to the mean or the average. And the great performers don't like doing that. Number 17, not guarding the treasure. Now, this one is defined by what the treasure is in your organization. What is the most valuable things? What are they? And this could be not seeing bad cash flow on the financial side or not guarding the balance sheet and continue to build it and let the balance sheet get weak. It could be not retaining great people. It could be allowing them to walk out the door to competition or switch industries due to frustration with your leadership. Whatever the treasure is, all the things that are potentially great in that company, you cannot afford to allow it to disappear or to rust or to break down. And if you do, you do so at your own peril. Number 18, promoting problems. Oh, I'm constantly amazed. This is kind of like the untouchable bad person, the bad performer. I'm constantly amazed at companies who promote employees who are problems 
into a higher level position because they don't value talent. They value tenure because the person's been there for 20 years. Well, you know, they've been here 20 years, so I guess we better raise them up. And I didn't really want to not give it to them because they've been here so long. That's crazy. That's insanity. Not only are they problems as far as attitudes, behaviors, and results, you've already probably promoted them above their competency level. And this is going to severely cripple your organization. Many times leaders lay back secretly and what their secret hope is, is that this person will fix it like they're going to fix themselves. And this is not a strategy. At best, it's a hope. And hope is not a strategy. This really calls your executive leadership ability into question. If you promote this person to a higher level with the results they have, what other decisions could you potentially be making that is not in the best interest in the health of the organization? People really start to question you about your decision-making ability. Number 19 is visible bias. First of all, you have to recognize that all human beings are biased. We all are. We all have our biases, but you have to know what they are so you can guard against them, tricking you into making bad decisions because you may be able to cover your words, but your decisions and actions are very clear for everyone to see. These things really call you out, and it doesn't matter if anyone is daring to say anything about it to you. You have been outed by your biases. Everyone can see it. Everyone notices Rules, policies, decisions, they all leave a very visible trail behind you that will eventually be your legacy and how people work with you now and also the way they will think of you down the road and into the future. And most high-level executive leaders care about how people perceive them after they are gone. Number 20 is opposition to personal growth. Crappy leaders think development and coaching is for everyone but them. The best executive leaders that I have worked with, including CEOs, get down and dirty with their teams and with their people, and they subject themselves to doing the same learning, the same homework, the same standards as the people are doing. Going through things together is the best bonding that can be attempted and accomplished with each other. This is how you build teams. They go through things together. You're not going to put your team through things that you are going to abstain from. It's not going to work. You're not going to get everything you need with on-the-job training or with do-it-yourself or, well, I should be the one training them. No, you should be going through it with them, and you should show them that you're not above doing the same things they are doing. Next week, we will finish off this 25 list with our final five, so you don't want to miss it. That's our show today. Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 A special thanks and gratitude, as always, to our producer, Tessa Hall. And until we meet again next week, I'm Tony Richards reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>